the new year, 2020. We just finished a series called Seeing 2020, and the whole heart was to really just encourage you guys and, and um, let you guys know that we believe that God wants us to see more and more clear each and every day, yes? And um, the, the heart behind it was that even though the Bible says we see through dimly, um, dim glasses, um, basically, there's going to be a day when we get to see the, the full-on picture. You guys know that, right? There's going to be a day where we get to stand before the Lord, and um, we'll have an opportunity, I believe, to get all of those questions that you wonder about, all of those questions answered, though I don't know if you really even want to ask them at that point, because we'll be in the presence of God, and we will just have that clear vision. Um, but until then, I believe that God wants to continually open our eyes to different things, and that's what that whole series was about. And as a teaching team, we were talking about it. Okay, so where do we go from here? And this idea of the fact that, yeah, you have the best intentions. As a matter of fact, at the beginning of the year, uh, many people, um, whether it's called life rules or New Year's resolutions, many people have this new perspective of, hey, this is a brand new year. It's a great time to focus in and, and recalibrate and to go into something that, that I've been wanting to do and improve myself in some way. And, and let me prove that to you. Um, this morning, our parking lot was full already because this gym is pretty full right now. Okay, I, I promise you, by the time we get to March and April, don't worry, your parking spaces will come back because all of a sudden, people just stop going. And the reason they stop going, in part, uh, I believe, is because disruptions come into their life. And so just uh, to make sure I'm speaking to the right people, um, it's one month. We've been in this year for one month, and if you would just be open and honest with me, um, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and hold it up there for a minute. How many of you in 2020 have already been disrupted by something in life. Look around, look around. We're not even one twelfth, we just got through one twelfth of the year and we're all been, well, we've all been disrupted already. And so we came together as a teaching team and said, you know what? Yes, God wants us to see better. He wants us to have more clear vision, uh, especially the spiritual things. But what happens is we get disrupted. We get disrupted, and um, I think a lot of times that can take our focus off of him, and we look into or look at the disruption, and that's what we want to talk about in this series, and so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, and Lord, I pray, I pray that right now I would decrease and you would increase in me, and that the words that I speak would be from your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would open up the hearts and the minds of, of all of us in this room today. And God, I pray that you would give us an understanding of what you are trying to do in the midst of disruption in our life. And so Lord, I pray that you would, again, communicate through me. And um, Lord, I pray that um, the words that are spoken would be words of life and not death. And that people would leave here encouraged, um, not discouraged. And that um, as we prayed as a staff last night, God, I pray that people would leave out of here with the burden lifted off of their shoulders, that they would feel lighter, even physically, that they would have just to be able to breathe even better because your Holy Spirit has come in and touched our hearts and our lives. And Lord, we thank you for that. And we thank you that you do that for us in your name. And everybody said, amen. All right, disrupt. What does it mean? Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes some of the words in English um, 
we, we hear them, we make assumptions about what they are, um, and then we kind of live our life through those assumptions. And so one, one of the things that you probably have observed is I like to define the words that we're talking about, and so let's define disrupt. It is to be interrupted. Now, um, I needed to figure out what interrupted was. <laughs> so I looked up interrupted, and it is this, to stop the continuous progress of stop the continuous progress of or to break the continuity of something. That's what interrupt is, okay? So disrupt is to have that continuous progress of, of thinking or progress, the, the continuous process of doing things um, and have them interrupted by causing a disturbance or a problem. I talked to a gentleman uh, this morning that walked in during greet time. I said, hey, how you doing? And he's like, oh, flat tire. John, you got a flat tire this morning. Again. Again. Disrupted? Yes, very. Very much so. Okay. Anybody else have a tire ever go out when you didn't want it to go out? There's like four or five other people that know your pain. But hey, it's a disruption. It, it, <laughs> it's a disturbance or a problem. Yes? Are you guys okay this morning? Donna, get the coffee going. We need more caffeine in here. Let's go. No, just kidding. Uh, the second definition is this drastically alter or destroy the structure of drastically alter or destroy the structure of now nobody likes to have that happen in your life but if you take just a minute to reflect on it how many of you know that god wants to come in and drastically alter or destroy the structure of how you think especially in those areas where you're not thinking right i call it stinking thinking do you know that God wants to come in and drastically alter the way you think or the, the patterns that we have in our life? And we had somebody last night actually say, um, you know, the picture that they had is when their dog sees somebody out in the, in the cul-de-sac or in the neighborhood and they go to the door rawr, 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 and they'll just go, right? Rawr, rawr, rawr. And she says that every once in a while she'll just slap the table and it'll disrupt the dog and she'll stop barking. Sometimes there's disruptions in our life because God wants us to break out of those patterns of thinking or, or, or patterns of behavior that we're in. So here's a question. Um, if you're brand new to Shine Church, um, we're glad that you're here. Sit back and enjoy what he has for you. Uh, man, I spilled water all over the place. Well, um, okay. I didn't realize that. That's why some of you were laughing. Um, sit back and enjoy what God has for you. But from time to time, I will ask a question and I actually would love responses from people. So uh, I'm gonna ask a question and just shout out um, just a couple one word answers. But um, in what ways do disruptions come into your life? So for instance, for me, this particular year, um, just a couple little disruptions and I shared this um, the first week of the year, but my son bought a house at the end of December and he moved out of the house and it was a good disruption. It was awesome um, that he was able to do that, um, but all of a sudden my wife and I found ourselves without, um, without our son in the house without his bed, the pictures on the wall. He took all his clothes. He took everything. He's like, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. And, and it was disruptive in a good way. Don't feel bad. It was, it was a really good thing. What, what other things come that disrupt your life? Relationships. Absolutely. What else? Illness. You bet. What else? Loss of job. Loss of job. Absolutely. Or change of job. That can be disruptive. What else? 
Finances can be disruptive. Absolutely. What else? Huh? A baby. Babies. Children. Don't you love those little disruptions? Huh? What? Not always, right? I was just kidding. But absolutely. Our, our kids, absolutely. And you know what? I was, I was, again, talking to my wife last night. Man, having a child is one of the greatest disruptions you could ever have. But it is disruptive. Yes? Absolutely. What else? Huh? Surgery. Having an operation. Absolutely. That's a little disruptive, huh? Can be for weeks or months. Or sometimes recovery is even years on, on surgeries and things. There's so many different things in life. Um, and you guys caught all the ones that I have actually on, on my notes, whether it's from health or job changes or kids or relationships. All of these things can be disruptive. Okay, so then the question then comes in, okay, who, who causes these disruptions in our life? We do. Okay, so we absolutely, so um, the word of God says that we live in a fallen world. Yes, Adam and Eve um, ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, good and evil. And because of that, we, we were all born into a fallen world. And because of that fallen world, there are disruptions that we cause or other people cause or um, nails in the road or whatever. I'm going to confess something to you. Uh, when we were getting ready to move down here, I, I, was, <laughs> I was on Gilbert and Plum Creek. And we're getting ready to take a right. And this truck, we're at the light, and this truck goes by and hits a bump. And as he gets through the intersection, he gets on the other side, a box of nails bounces out of this truck, and it goes all over the road. I turned off my turn signal and went straight. Because I didn't want the disruption. But before the light changed, I watched probably 15 cars go by. And I remember commenting to Kim, oh, um, they're going to be disrupted at some point, because now all these cars going by are picking up these nails or screws or whatever that actually fell out. Man, it's, it can be, we live in a fallen world and disruptions come that way. Okay, so we've just got the fallen world. What's another cause for disruptions? Evil. Evil. The enemy. The enemy can cause disruptions in our life, without a doubt. Okay? There's one other one that I want to talk about. Death, Death can cause a disruption, absolutely. Um, but who's behind that? Not, not death, but who, what's the third? God. God can cause disruptions. Okay? I believe that you can categorize all disruptions into one of three categories. Either God caused it in your life, either the enemy caused it in your life, or we live in a fallen world and there's sickness and nails falling out of trucks and there's just relationship issues that come in regards to those things. So let's quickly look at those. I found this quote as I was looking up um, and, and studying this out, and I thought this, this quote was really good. When it comes to God, God causing disruptions, here was the quote. God will often disrupt your comfort to confront your dysfunction. Let me get a re, reread that. God will often disrupt your comfort to confront your dysfunction. In the middle of the service last night, one of my friends texted. It says, I don't have dysfunction. I have denial. Let me rephrase dysfunction because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not dysfunctional. Okay, how about this? Dysfunction is uh, missing the mark. Dysfunction is having sin in your life. So let me re 
reread the quote. God will often disrupt your comfort to confront your sin. Are you guys okay? Would have been a good, good place for an amen right there. But maybe. So I started thinking about this. Um, thinking from a biblical standpoint, um, again, help me out here. Um, think about some biblical characters that God actually disrupted their life. And so, for instance, uh, I thought of Noah. Here we have this guy who was living a righteous life in, in a world that was very unrighteous. And um, God comes to him and says, okay, Noah, here's what I want you to do. I want you to build, I want you to take the next 100 years of your life and build a boat. A little disruptive? Would you guys agree? So uh, very interesting story and you can read through it and you'll see, man, how that disrupted that, that disruption actually affected Noah. But others, other people in the Bible, yeah. Paul, God came and actually blinded him. Actually blinded. Wait, God, God blinded? Yes, God blinded Saul. Jonah, that was a disruption, absolutely. Who else? Job, okay, we're gonna talk about Job, but did God cause that disruption or did he allow it? He allowed that one, and we'll get that into just in, in just a minute. Absolutely. Other God-caused disruptions. Mary. Oh, how about that one? Man, you're just living life, ladies. You're 16 years old, maybe younger, as some, some say. And this angel comes and says, hey, yeah, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> Disruption? Absolutely. The, the wall of Jericho? Absolutely. I, I, think, I think the people in Jericho were disrupted, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I, here's what's interesting. When I started to talk about this, when I first started to actually talk with the teaching team about this and, and discuss disruption, um, you know, I think the thought was, um, well, does God cause these things? And I think my automatic reaction is, no, I don't think God causes these things. But then I look into the Bible and I see over and over and over where God actually does cause disruption in people's life. And listen, church, I want you to understand this. There's one of two things that happen when disruptions come into your life. They either pull you away from God or they pull you towards God. And we get to choose which way we're going to go. That's the beauty of a relationship with our Heavenly Father is He gives us a choice. He gives us free will. And these disruptions, when they come, we can either let them push us away from Him or press into Him. And I think we've all probably responded in both ways from time to time when those disruptions come. Okay, let's talk about the enemy. John 10, 10 says this, the thief, comes the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. If you have not memorized that scripture, I want you to memorize John 10, 10 this week because I think it is the crux of our life. Here we have Jesus who wants to give us life and life to the full. And yet the other side of it is we have an enemy that wants to come kill, steal, and destroy. And so I was thinking about this from the biblical thoughts, and you guys have already said it, but how about this? Job. It says that Job um, was a righteous man before God, and I'm not even sure how this works out fully, but it says that the enemy, the devil, was hanging out with God, 
And God says, well, have you considered my servant Job? He loves me and he follows me. And the enemy says, well, yeah, that's because you put this bubble of protection around him. And God said, okay, I believe that he will serve me even if that goes away. And he allowed the enemy to come and disrupt Job's life. And if you've read that story, it was major disruption, like all his kids dying. These are big disruptions. He losing everything. Him having um, uh, um, boils thank you, on, on his body and just skin disease and just major disruptions. In a lot of the areas that you guys say cause disruption, he had all of them, it seemed like, that came his way. And it was because the enemy was allowed. God didn't create those things, but he did, for some reason, allow that to happen. Other biblical characters, can you think of? Huh? Joseph, in what way did the enemy disrupt Joseph? Yeah, absolutely. He, he actually was just reciting back dreams that he had and, and different things, right? I, I, I would argue that maybe, I'm not, obviously there was some probably demonic force in that, without a doubt, but I would also think there's some relationship fallen world stuff that was in there with, with Joseph, but absolutely disrupted his life for sure. How about other people in the Bible that the enemy disrupted? Adam and Eve. That's a great one. Here we have these two, completely innocent, walking around in the cool of the day with the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace. You know what? The Bible says that if we see him now, we will die instantly. They walked with him in the cool of the day. They were completely innocent of that. And yet the enemy comes in and totally disrupts that. And now we're all having to deal with a part of that. Yes? Because that's a good one. Somebody else. Satan becoming a fallen angel. I, I think it was a huge disruption in the whole powers and principalities, without a doubt. That, and, and he was a part of that. So that, absolutely. I, a couple more that I had. How about this? Um, there is a um, story in Luke 13 where it says that a woman had been disabled for 18 years and Jesus actually says the enemy has done this to her. If you read that, it actually says that the enemy disrupted her life and it was for 18 years. And then Jesus went and healed her. Paul says this. Paul says, I have a thorn in my side and I've asked God to remove it and all God has said is my grace is sufficient enough. And then he says this, it was a messenger from Satan. It was a messenger from Satan. So biblically, there's the, back, the backing of different stories that we see disruptions that the enemy caused. Okay, how about this, the third one, the world. John 16, says this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have... Try that again. In this world you will have... Everybody say amen. amen. Hey, that was pretty good. Not, not too bad. Uh, it reminds me of James where it says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. How are you doing on that? Are you super excited about that flat tire? John, when you got the flat tire today, were you like, praise God, I got a flat tire. No. no. All right, well, we all have work to do. <laughs> Jesus himself says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome this world. And so uh, let's think biblically. Think of some characters in the Bible that had just world stuff happen. The, the one that came to my mind was David. David, tending to his flock, watching over the sheep, uh, it actually says that a bear, in, a bear came to, to 
to eat sheep and he had to fend off that bear or the lion came. And here's what's interesting. Um, those are just, we live in world today, the fallen world, the bear comes, the lion comes and he takes care of that. But here's what happens. Those disruptions that happened in his life, they helped him out when it came to Goliath, didn't it? It gave him the confidence. Hey, when the bear came, when the lion came, I was able to defeat them um, and I can defeat this Philistine. So just kind of life disruptions. What other characters? Can you think of any other Bible stories that come to mind when it comes to the world and disruptions that way? Paul and the shipwreck. Oh man, here, here he is in prison, just going on, and all of a sudden um, the winds come and just life. Paul, absolutely, yes. The Temple of Babel? Absolutely. And I would actually almost say that that's a God disruption, yeah? Because they, it says that they, God says this when it came to that. When they come together in unity of mind, they can do anything. Ooh, that's powerful. That's a whole other message right there. But yeah, that was a disruption without a doubt. Esther. That was a disruption. And just, how about, the, how about this? There's disruption, disruptions, would you agree, just with political stuff? Governmental stuff, just the world that we live in? Absolutely. Somebody else? The what? The plagues. They were very disruptive. And just the sickness, absolutely. Very good. Other ones? Naomi. Naomi. Yeah. In what way did life just disrupt her? Oh, man. Absolutely. Just, and how, how, if you are in here and you've lost somebody, is that disruptive? Man, it's terribly disruptive, without a doubt. Somebody else had some? Samson, yeah, just the interaction relationship-wise, uh, yeah, without, that can be disruptive. I, I put in my note, there's, how about the woman with the issue of blood? She was sick for many, many years, if I can just touch Jesus' garment. Uh, how about the disciples? We talked about the boat wreck with Paul. How about the disciples? Three different times they get on the water, um, and <laughs> One of the times, Jesus is sleeping in the, in the boat, and Jesus was most upset about the disruption from the disciples. Why'd you wake me up? But yet, the wind comes, and that disrupted what they were doing. Okay, so real quick, whether it's God, the enemy, um, or just life, now think about it through the lens of you. What areas has God disrupted your life? And it actually was for good. I'm telling you right now that every single one of my staff members would tell you that about a year and a half ago, a little over a year and a half ago, there was a major disruption and Shine Church came out of it. Amen? Yeah, that's, yeah is that a good thing, right? I, I hope. I, listen, that, yes, disruptive? Yes? DJ back there, was it disruptive? I know for me it was disruptive. It was good though. It was so good. And so you can look at your life and you can see um, whether, whether God came in and did that, the enemy was allowed to come in there or we just live in a fallen world. In any of these cases, um, I think that you will see that, um, that they happen. They take place and ultimately, again, you have one of two choices. You can be pushed away from God or you can be drawn near God. And so here's what I believe happens when disruptions come we start asking all kinds of questions. And the first question that a lot of times I hear, I've uh, been in ministry for over 25 years now, um, the first question that people will ask is why? Why, why did this happen? 
We were out to dinner with a couple last night and they actually said that they were watching this show where it was a cop show and these cops went to an accident and they pulled the lady out of the car and, and she was asking the question, why? Why did this have to happen? Why did this happen? And then she said this, and man, think about this. Think about this comment that she was saying. Why couldn't it have happened to somebody else? Ouch! And yet when you're in the middle of a disruption, I, I'm not above that. Uh, I'm not above saying things like that because I'm hurting, because this disruption hurts. And I understand that there are people in here today. I'm looking out and I'm seeing, and I know some of the disruptions that some people have gone through. Loss of jobs, health diagnosis, the loss of a loved one. I mean, these are real disruptions that affect us in real ways. And I would just simply submit to you this. You can ask the why question. You can even ask who's causing this. But here's what I have found. Those questions do not often get answered. They don't. I'm not sure why that is, but here's what I want to encourage you. When you face a disruption, feel free to ask those questions, but as quickly as you can, move on to this. Move on to what? What, God, do you want to use this disruption to do in my life? Or how? How, God, how do you want me to navigate through this disruption? And move away from the, the why or who and move into the what and how. And so um, do we have microphones right now? Because this one I'm going to ask for a little bit more detailed um, um, answers. So here's my question, and I hope that you'll help me out. What happens or what is good about being disrupted? Or you could answer it this way. How does disruption help you? What is good about being disrupted or how has disruption helped you? Uh, when I was laid off uh, of a job, what I call my long-term employer for like 26 years, uh, that was a disruption, but I learned, uh, and it took some uh, meditation and closeness to God, but I learned that I do not pray about the things that I think I'm good at. And so there was a good lesson uh, there to keep praying whether I think I'm good at it or not. I do not pray about the things I'm good at. Um, okay. <laughs> do, could it be possible, church, that disruptions come because you have a pattern of thinking or a pattern of doing things that may not be what God wants for you? Could it be? And so when we look at that and see, man, we open the door to allowing God to truly change us if we allow um, the what and, and how questions to actually radiate through those disruptions. Who's got the mic next? Yep. Oh, yes. Okay, so I found that in our time of disruption, it's been a reset for our family. We've lived in a, a mindset of, oh, that can never happen to us, and we're beyond that, and we're better than that. And we get a humbling disruption, overhaul reset, and it puts us in a position where we learn these things are far beyond us, and we are 
in a point and position in our life where we are fully relying on him 100% because it is way beyond anything we are capable mm. of. Mm. And mm. There's a saying, it, this came to my mind as you were saying it, there's a saying that says God won't give you more than you can handle. I would submit to you, oh yeah, he does. Because it pushes you to your knees. He won't give you more than he's willing to come and help you with. But man, there are times where disruptions will come and it refocuses us on, okay, you know what? Maybe we didn't have this as good as we thought. I, you know, and it pushes us to, to God, absolutely. Over here. Um, one thing I would say is that uh, God gets blamed for a lot of things that the enemy has done. Uh, one of the verses we stand on is many of the trials of the righteous but the Lord delivers us out of them all. The key word there is all. Mm. Trials will come for whatever reason, disruptions, but the thing is, God's not always the instigator, but he is the guy that fixes it for us. He will deliver us from all these things. All things. I love that. That's so good. The word of God speaks to disruptions all over the place. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But man, it's amazing. Rob, right over here. What's your name, sir? Uh, Richie. Richie, have you been here before? No, this is my first time. Welcome to Shine Church. <laughs> love that. I want to get a little bit more general. Uh, yeah. That uh, a disruption is a great break of consistency. And why do we like consistency? It gives us security. We like things being consistent, but we can be consistently going in the wrong direction. Oh, man. A disruption is a change of course. Whether that's a divergence or a correction, we can be consistently on the wrong path. I would say the greatest disruption ever that God has sent us is Christ. Amen. The world is consistently in a world of sin. We are going in the wrong direction, but we're secure with it because it's consistent. Mm. And... Again, consistency is not always the best thing. We can be consistently going the wrong way and secretly know it. But God sends us disruptions. How we handle it, it can be a, um, a way around into the right way if we make it. That's good. So, so I, <laughs> I had somebody come up last night, and I thought this was good, and it ties totally in with what you're saying, Richie, is this. Um, we, we start living our life, and we start to get into a path, yeah? And we start going. And um, how many of you know that if we get off just even one degree... If we keep living that way, we're going to be way far away from what God intended. And um, those disruptions come into our life to hopefully steer us back to him and get us back on the right path. Um, and the gentleman actually came up to me and said, hey, um, you didn't say this, but it just really spoke in my heart that sometimes you will see disruptions that are a pattern, like the same disruption keeps happening over and over and over. Um, maybe God's trying to tell you something about that, that you are off and you're not letting it reset as, uh, as was said over here. We're not letting God reset us back to, to the path. But dude, that was really good. <laughs> Again, welcome to Shine and thanks for taking the boldness to grab the mic. Love that. Somebody else over here. I realized this morning that sometimes if I don't let God give me the answer that he wants to give me and I don't accept it, and like you're saying, that to reset the path, that can also be an idol. I Ugh. mean, it's serious. Absolutely. Uh, anything that you put above God is an idol. 
You know, I think a lot of times when we think about idol worship, we think about, oh, well, we're not worshiping little statues that are in little nooks of our house. Um, that's not, an idol is anything that you would put above God. And disruptions will actually come and reveal what some of those idols are. Those Kansas City Chief fans are going to have a big disruption today. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Sorry, just kidding. Just, just kidding. <laughs> All right, let me, let me just share uh, what, what's happening in my heart. Um, I've had a couple different things already since the beginning of the year where God is um, disrupting, disrupting me. Um, and it's this particular time, it's through relationship disruptions. And I've had just a couple different conversations with people that were completely unrelated to one another, and yet they really pinpointed um, some some frustrations that, that I caused by things I've said and by things I've done um, that, that created disruptions in that person's life that ultimately um, I was so grateful that they've actually confronted me with these things. And, and um, it, it wasn't fun to hear. Okay? Disruptions aren't fun. Um, some of them are, but um, some of them are, are painful. And so in the middle of this process that God was doing, I went to prayer. Um, we have prayer Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Anybody can come. We want to, we'd love to have you be a part of that. But a couple weeks ago, I came to prayer. And Angela, who took us, who, who kind of leads our prayer for us, she actually took us through this exercise on this particular night. And here's what she said. She said, let's take about a minute and a half and just be silent before the Lord. And uh, Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say I am? And so let's just ask God right now, who is he to us right now? And so I'm just praying, and here's the thought that comes across my mind. I'm the one that digs deep. I'm the one that digs deep. And um, so we shared what, what God was showing us, and, and it was just like, wow, man, <laughs> yes, you are. You are the one that goes deep. And, and when he digs deep into us, um, it, it doesn't feel good, does it? Am I alone here? <laughs> You guys like it when he goes real deep? Uh, when he starts chiseling away and he really starts going after some of those rough edges in your life, it, man, it doesn't necessarily feel real good, but he's the one that digs deep. And so then she asked another question, which was, okay, um, I don't remember exactly what she said, but the context in my head was, um, what or how am I supposed to respond to who he is in my life? And uh, I'm just praying, and here's the thought that came across my mind, um, that he, uh, he whispered to me this, I love you too much to let you stay where you're at. So he's the one that digs deep, and the reason he does it is because he loves me too much to let me stay where I'm at. And so um, with that lens, I want you to listen to a couple of scriptures that I know that you've heard. I know that I know that you've heard these, but listen to them through that lens that he's the one that digs deep and that he loves you too much to leave you where you're at. Romans 8, 28 and 29. <clears throat> and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Church, could it be that the re reason that the disruption was allowed or even caused by God into your life is because he wants you to understand that he's gonna take that disruption and if you keep seeking him, he's gonna turn that and he's actually gonna work it out so that his purpose for you actually gets closer to being fulfilled. Oh, 
oh, that's, that's good, guys. I don't know. But... All right, I thought it was really good. We always read 28 and say, hey, God uses all things for his good. We use that. We quote that. We say that over and over. Uh, but listen to verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. In 2 Corinthians 3, it says this, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Church, I would submit to you this, that whatever the disruption is, whether it's God caused the enemy caused or just because we live in a fallen world, whatever it is, God is going to use that disruption to conform you and transform you into him into his image. Many times it's been taught about the refiner's fire. You know, the process they do to purify gold is they take it and they heat it up. They heat it up to just, just extreme temperatures. And when that happens, the junk comes up to the top. And I would submit to you that when a disruption comes into your life, what God is wanting is to allow that junk in your life to come to the top. If you will look at him and not at the disruption, and let that disruption actually draw you closer to the Lord, the junk will come to the top and he'll take that off. And when a refiner is working with gold, what they do is they do this process over and over until they can actually see their reflection in the gold. And God is trying to get us to be transformed and conformed into his image because he wants us to reflect him to this world. And I would submit to you that the disruptions that you face, that you go through, if you will ask yourself, what are you doing and how can I respond to this? If you will do that, God will use that process to actually take that junk off and move you into a position where you're reflecting more of Jesus Christ. You will shine. You will shine. Thank you. I was talking to this, uh, I kind of put my notes together and then I came back in the office and I was talking to the teaching team and DJ said, you know what, it actually reminds me um, of Isaiah 64, which says this, but now, O oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. See, what God is trying to do is he's trying to take out of us and, and make us into something, obviously, that reflects him. And, and here's what's great about God. Um, he will take our mistakes and our blemishes and our flaws and he will continually keep reshaping the vessel that we're becoming. In Jeremiah, it actually says this, that uh, God took Jeremiah to the potter's house and it says the potter was working on this pot and doing it and all of a sudden it had an imperfection in it. Anybody imperfect in here? Well, there's like eight of us that are imperfect. Everybody else is perfect. Okay, good, the hands started. Oh yeah, maybe I did make mistakes today. Um, here's what was encouraging to me. If you read through that in Jeremiah 18, it actually says that when he saw that imperfection, he actually kind of squished the clay back in and he made a different pot. See, God can use your flaws, your mistakes, and he's, he's not going to, um, he's not gonna just take you and go, oh, there's a mistake, I'm gonna throw it out. He's actually gonna say, okay, you know what? Hey, there's, there's an area where we've missed the market, so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna remodel this, and I'm gonna use that disruption to actually help you to become more and more like Christ. So um, one of the things that came out in our teaching team is this statement. Nothing grows 
without disruption and interruption. Nothing grows. If you think about a seed and the fact that it has to die, it has to be, well, first off, the ground has to be toiled. Um, you know what? I'm hoping that God is stirring up the heart of your soil right now. And it's not always fun. But then he puts the seed. The seed has to die, has to go into a dark place before it actually can come out and spring forth life. So many things. like Anything that grows goes through a process of disruption and interruption. And so um, there's a book that I read um, at the beginning of the whole uh, planting of Shine Church, and, and Cammie actually recommended it to me, and she's actually reading it a second time right now. It's by Christine Kane, and it's called Unexpected. And if you have not read Unexpected, I highly recommend this book to you. Get it on Audible, listen, it, listen to it in your car, or if you like to read, uh, grab the, the paperback and just read through it. But here's a couple quotes that she says that I thought I would begin uh, to close with, and it says this. As long as we look down at our disruption and not up at him, we will miss what it is that we need to see and what he wants us to see. If we look at the disruption and put all of our focus on that and not on God, that disruption will pull us away from God and not what God intends, which is to bring us closer to him. And, and I realize, listen, there's major disruptions that happen in people's lives. Friday night, I was at a rental house that I have in Highlands Ranch, and I was repairing some stuff, and we lived there for almost 11 years, so we got to know the neighbors pretty good, and I found out that one of our neighbors, their daughter, who was in their, her mid-20s, um, committed suicide on January 1st this year. You guys, that's a major disruption. That is a major disruption, and I'm just here to tell you, again, in being 25 years in ministry, I've seen disruptions like that affect people. But what I've always been astounded by is that in the middle of those disruptions, God's grace comes on that family and gives them the strength and the support to go through something that I couldn't even imagine going through. And yet somehow there's a grace that got those people through it. And I'm uh, I'm hoping and praying that for this couple, because I actually didn't find this out from them and from another neighbor, but I'm praying that grace on them right now because God, man, God understands and he wants us to understand that he's with us in the middle of those disruptions. No matter how big or how small they are, he's with us. Second quote that uh, I wanted to read to you is this. He almost always transforms us before he transforms our disruption. I'm going to read that one more time. He almost always transforms us before he transforms our disruption. You want your disruption to go away? Change. Get a hold of what God is trying to do. Focus on him and say, God, okay, what is it? The, what is the pattern that you want to break in my life so that I can be more reflective of you? Because I promise you that if you will focus on him and let him do that deep work, let him dig deep into you, then what will happen is all of a sudden that disruption will either go away or not be of very big significance to you because you're just drawing closer to him. He'll begin to transform that as you let him transform you. And the third one is this. God isn't asking us to do anything that he hasn't demonstrated for us in his word, that he hasn't equipped us to be able to do, and that he isn't going to walk along us to achieve. 
God isn't asking us to do anything he hasn't demonstrated, that he hasn't equipped us, and that he isn't going to walk alongside us to achieve. When it comes to God creating or the enemy creating or the world creating, I would submit to you that Jesus, when he started his ministry, went through all three disruptions in a 40-day window. It says, the spirit of the Lord led him out to the desert. That was God creating a disruption. He spent 40 days fasting praying. I would submit that hunger was pretty disruptive after 40 days. And then it says that the enemy came in and actually started to tempt him, disrupt his thinking in the midst of that. We have someone that has gone before us that will equip us and that wants to help us and carry us through whatever the disruption is that you're going through. And so if you're in a place today where it hurts and the disruption is painful, I would, I would just tell you, go to God. Go to Jesus. Don't let this disruption push you away from him, but press into him and let him carry you through this disruption. Let him take you through it. Here's what we can expect, what the word of God says, and I'll post this on Facebook this week, but I'm gonna quickly go through these. What can we expect? Well, we can expect that his grace is sufficient, 2 Corinthians 12. We can expect that he will never leave us nor forsake us, Hebrews 13. We can expect that no weapon against us will prevail, Isaiah 54. We can expect to be more than conquerors, Jesus is our strength, Romans 8. We can expect that he is greater in us than our disruption, 1 John. We can expect that God is for us, Romans 8, that God is our help, Psalms 46, that God will care for us, 1 Peter 5. We can expect that he will make a way when there seems to be no way. It's what the word of God says. This book right here, it's what it says. He will make a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. If you're in that place today where you're like, I just don't know how to get out. You know what? He is the way maker. Amen? Amen. That's Isaiah 43. He says that we can expect that our mourning will turn into joy, Psalms 30. He says that we can expect that he who promised these things will be faithful, Hebrews 10. Man, there's promise after promise after promise in this word about how to get through the disruption because he cares for you and he loves you, but he loves you so much that he won't leave you where you're at. He loves you so much that he won't leave you where, you at, where you're at and he uses disruptions in our life to get us. He uses disruptions to go and dig deep. So here's the heart for this series. We want you to understand that disruption is something that we are all going to deal with. We are all going to have disruptions in our life. God wants to give us the ability to see these disruptions as tools to become more like him. He wants to give us the ability to see that these disruptions are actually opportunities to become more like him. And so in the next couple weeks, here's what we're gonna do. Next week, we're gonna talk about what happens when you lose somebody, when the disruption is painful, 
We're going to actually talk about those things, and we're going to address those, and we're going to help you to realize that there is a process that needs to take place. There absolutely is a grieving process. There's a process of, of asking the why and who has caused this. But then on the other side, there's also a process of getting to the what and how do we respond in these tragic disruptions that come and take place. So that's next week. Then in two weeks, we're going to actually talk about what takes place when uh, in a body, in a family, there's disruption. What do we do when there's disruption in the, in the church? And how does all of our different giftings affect and do you know that the thing that God gave us that was supposed to be good can often happen in church, can be very disruptive for somebody else? We either envy that gift or we're jealous of that gift or, or, or we're offended by that gift or so many different things. We're going to talk about that. And in the fourth week, we actually debated, do we start with the, this one or do we end with it? Um, the fourth week, we're actually going to talk about how do you set yourself up to actually receive disruptions in the way that God wanted us to. It actually brings to mind the scripture that says, you, you will either fall on the rock or the rock will crush you. You know what's interesting? Jesus didn't give us another option. He said, you are either gonna fall on the rock, disruption, I would submit this, a disruption that you have prepared and you're, you're open for, or the rock is gonna fall on you, a disruption that totally catches you off guard. And all of those things happen in our lives. But if we can set ourselves in a place where we, we recognize that God wants to use these things to help us to see them as tools to be more like him, then we set ourselves in a good place when those disruptions come. So that's what we're gonna be doing this series. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you love us so much that you won't leave us where we're at. And so we pray that through this series, God, that you would, Help us to understand that we're, none of us, none of us are exempt from being disrupted in life. But Lord, we all get to choose whether it pushes us away from you or presses us into you. And Lord, may we be a people, may we be a church, may we be a family that actually presses into you when those disruptions come. God, help us to do that. Um, help us to be with you and to have that relationship with you so that we clearly and quickly hear your voice in the midst of those disruptions. And God, once again, we thank you that you are the one that digs deep and you won't leave us where we're at because you love us. Lord, we thank you for that in your name. Amen.